Hey, good Friday afternoon, everybody. It's Captain Joe, and uh, you know, uh, back with Johnny Two Bears. Uh, I know it's What's been uh, how much, man? It's been a few weeks, um, probably a month or so since we did a uh, um, you know podcast. I know uh, we had done the uh, um, Flint River um, podcast, Angie and and, and Swamp Hag Barb and I. Um, with a really, really neat officer, uh, law enforcement officer who's retired. Um, unfortunately the, the audio was kind of really just, uh, not up to par. So we ended up taking it down. So, you know, Johnny, yeah. you're aware of how, how our standards are, you know, and, and, you know, you and I well, were always committed to having good audio, um, good pictures and whatnot. So, well, it's something you guys couldn't tell where you were listening, but I mean, at this point in time, you know, we've kind of ran out of excuse as in we're not, we don't know what we're doing. You know, sometimes we get caught in, uh, yeah. uh, in rushing or what, you know, problems happen, but his interview, you know, I had a couple people tell me, Hey man, that was a great interview, but I couldn't, I couldn't really listen to it because yeah, the me, audio was so bad. Yeah. Me, me, and, uh, and me, I listened to it and I agreed and I'm like, we got to, we got to get him, you know, we're, we'll take it down. Yep. And, uh, we, we've already got him. He's agreed to redo the interview. And, uh, that way we can get some real good, solid audio. Cause you know, a lot of people don't know. I mean, I've been, Joe handles all the other podcast stuff. I just do YouTube, but he does have our podcast on other podcast platforms. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I don't think it really when there's visuals, but when it's just audio, you've got to have good audio. So we're going to redo that one. Yeah. Um, so, hey, today we got a really cool guest, Mr. Mr. Jim, Jimmy Barr from uh, Florida. Um, and, uh, you know, Johnny, t um, tell us how uh, um, you ran into Jimmy real quick. Uh, I actually, I don't really know Jimmy that well. I just knew of him uh, mm -hmm. back when the uh, the late Kerry Arnold was putting on the original 168. Okay. Um, Jimmy was a part of that. Now, I was supposed to be a part of it. But unfortunately, I used my vacation, uh, you know, lined it up for that expedition, yeah. and then they yeah. had to change the dates. So that yeah. they kind of, I couldn't go. But anyway, just through, uh, I knew him through that, and then we just interviewed Richard Ferby. A yeah, while Richard. Back. Yeah, Richard. And they are in the same group together, and we'll okay. let him, uh, you know, tell us all about the group. But just. Uh, Everyone that I have talked to um, that has brought up Jimmy has nothing but good things to say about him. I've seen some of the videos and some of the evidence he's got. He seems to be uh, a really grounded individual. Doesn't make any crazy claims or anything. He just shows what he finds, you know. Yeah. Well, I know one thing. I mean, uh, he must be pretty uh, dedicated field researcher because it's like 100 degrees oh. here. 100 degrees here in Georgia. And... Um, you know, uh, he's like you, man. He's out there sweating it out and 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 trouncing through the through uh, through the through the woods, marshes, and uh, and all that. So that's that's uh, that's some dedication, you know. So I do not envy our uh, 
Florida counterparts, man. That's uh, yeah, that's some nasty stuff down there. I grew up in Florida, you know, yeah. and luckily I didn't know about Bigfoot back then. <laughs> I got to <laughs> got to miss all that. <laughs> but yeah. it is apparently a hot spot, man. And so, uh, I mean, it is. I played golf down there. You know, I've been to a football game in the swamp, so I've been in the swamp. Um, right. You know, so <laughs> not to, that's about the extent of it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, uh, when you, you know, you, you, beach. yeah, well, she, yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that too, you know, uh, um, but no, you know, uh, Jimmy's in the background. Let's bring him on. And, uh, um, because yeah, I mean, man, um, I know we've also got a, a video clip for, for, of his that he, he's going to share, but you know, I want to know, I want to know, know more about his, uh, research. So here, let's bring Jimmy on. All right. Hey, hey guys. Jimmy, how you doing? Good. How are you doing? Good. Good, man. Th yep. Thanks for joining Jimmy. us this afternoon. And uh, absolutely, uh, thanks, thanks for the invite. It was awesome for you guys to ask me to come on. That's great. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So I I, I did not realize that uh, you were part. You, are you you and uh, Richard Faraby are part of a, a research group there down there? Uh, yeah. And and Richard was a was a guest a while back. And, and man, and and he continues adding to um you know our seb page um some uh research and findings and stuff like that from that from from y'all's area and that's that's uh that's incredible so so jimmy tell us like uh you know where, where you're from and 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 basically you know how you got into this bigfoot sasquatch uh down there skunk ape uh research sure um well I, currently i live down here in port st lucie florida i'm off the treasure coast uh Actually, I spent the first half of my day on the beach having uh, brunch with my wife. So um, wow. you know, anytime you can be on the beach and see the waves, it's a, it's a complete reset for the mind and body, man. It really is. Um, but, um, you know, when I, how I kind of got into this was it, and if I, if I had to sum it up, it basically, and, and it, it basically fell on, almost fell on my lap. Um you know, when I, when I was a kid, my, my encounter has been on uh, a few podcasts. It's been on uh, the travel channels. These woods are haunted. Oh, wow. Um, and um, season two, episode seven, I think it's seven or eight and subtitled word goners. Um, and um, when I was a kid, uh, my mom, she kind of acted like she was basically a, a gypsy. They just her and her husband. My stepfather, he was Native American. Um, they just kind of went wherever they wanted to kind of thing. And it wasn't uncommon that I would be in three or four schools a year. It just, gotcha. you know, we just moved a lot. And I'm currently 51. So this happened uh, 43, 44 years ago. Um, but um, we had uh, left Illinois and drove all the way to North Carolina. My stepfather had a a lane cleared down the woods from his brothers and um, put a, a mobile home back there. And, um, you know, when we got back there and drove straight through, got out of the, no sooner than I jumped, it was me and my two other brothers. And um, we were in the back of the, um, the El Camino, the whole ride. And <laughs> um, as soon as we got out and feet touched the ground, it was just, you know, it was like, ah, land, you know, you know, stretch the feet or whatever. But my stepfather immediately said, um, stay out of the woods. There's a hairy man back there. Really? 
yeah. So for for us as kids, we we laughed at that because you know being boys, hearing the words Harry and man in the, together in a sentence for the first time was funny to us, um, <laughs> and we didn't we didn't think too much of it, but we laughed, you know. Um, and uh, you know, and he didn't really like us much. Mom was he was just interested in mom, you know, and so uh, he gotcha. was basically he basically had the attitude of I did. I did my job. If you get eaten, you get eaten. I told you, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was about three weeks later. Um, my, my mom and my stepfather had been gone for two or three days and it was me, my older brother, uh, Galen, he's a two years older than me. Um, and my older brother, Bobby is two years older than Galen. So we were two years apart. So it was seven and eight, uh, nine and 10 and 11 and 12 ish, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, we were running around the woods, just doing boy, th- running around the trailer, just doing boy things, you know, from Illinois, we're surrounded by corn and beans as far as you can see. Oh yeah. So the woods were, were awesome to us, you know, um, seeing a different landscape, you know, and, um, was a scenery was really cool. Um, and me being a little brother, I was always picked on. Um, uh, it's just kind of how it works out. Um, but, we're chasing each other around the, the mobile home. And when you stand in the front of the trailer and you look at the front door to the right end of the trailer is the, um, is the hitch of the trailer, which is, yeah. where, which is where my mom and stepdad's uh, bedroom was to the left end of the trailer. That opposite end was me and my two brothers. We shared a bedroom. Yeah. And when you, if you've been in a mobile home and you, you know how high the windows are up, up off the ground. And yep. um, when you walk in, you walk into the kitchen slash living room area. Yep. Uh, kitchen would be more to the right. Living room was right here. Was, and then if you, you know, go straight to that wall, take a left, you're going down the hall towards our bedroom at the end of the trailer. Right before you go hit the door to go into our bedroom on the right is the door to the back side of the trailer, the back door. Now the back door, it only had, it had uh, stairs, but my stepfather had just basically stacked up some cinder blocks to make a makeshift steps. Yeah. And, well, we were running around the trailer from the hitch side to the front around the back. So it was, it was clockwise, you know, we were running around and um, when we got, around the front of the trailer about halfway through of chasing each other, throwing dirt clogs and smacking each other with sticks. We heard this scream. It's it's just, just one scream. And it sounded like a lady just getting ripped in half. It was just a, you know, just scream. It was blood curdling scream, but it scared us to death, you know? And so we went from chasing each other to huddled together without saying a word. We came together. Um, And so we just, I don't remember saying anything. We just kind of were drawn to go investigate what that was. And then um, we probably got between 50 to 75 feet um, from the back of the trailer. And there was a pine tree and um, it was no more than an adult's arm length away, five feet tops. Um, and there was a crack in the tree. And so we looked up. And when we looked up um, on the very first branch, so the tree's sitting in front of me, kind of, if, if I'm looking at the 12 o'clock, the tree's at 11. And 
the very first branch about 15 feet up sticking out to the left um you know uh there it was it was um you know i'd never had anything to um, compare it to i've never seen anything like it the only thing i'd ever seen that i could compare it to or rationalize was the original planet of the apes um you know and because that's the only thing that i had ever seen that but it didn't i didn't think about it at the time that and you know well basically the planet of the apes the original um but anyway when we looked up at it um it had its can you guys see this umbrella pole yeah okay well I can see your hand reaching to it. Yep. Can yep. you see it now? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so what it did. It oh, God. Let's see. Get my, uh, there we go. Um, it had its, I'm using my right, but it had its left hand cupped around the base of the tree, the, the, the trunk, and its two feet were slid up against the tree on that branch. So if you can imagine with your arm fully extended on a flagpole, and then you put your feet up against the flagpole, flagpole and then you crotch down you're basically holding your weight with this and all your weights up against the tree basically on that branch yeah well well it went to when we looked up um and made eye contact it went to stand and as it started to rise that branch that it was on broke just cracked and it come crashing down five feet from us um and so it it fell yeah, yeah, it, it fell, and so <laughs> okay. That's I mean that I mean that is pretty cool because I mean that was know, yeah it was lets us know shit happens to them too. <laughs> but the, the, the crazy part about it is, as a kid, fifteen feet when you're a kid, might as well be five hundred feet. You're gonna die. Oh, yeah. That's what you're thinking. That's pretty you know? tall. Yeah, that's what you're thinking. Fifteen feet up. Yeah. Um, and so it's fifteen feet up in a tree, and the branch breaks, and I'm looking just down here at the ground because I'm expecting it's gonna just hit the ground and be mortally wounded if not dead you know as a kid you're thinking nothing can survive that right yeah um so i instantly look down here and as i look down here i see the branch come down and i see it land and what i had in my my view was just its knees and its knees barely bent from a 15 foot fall like you or i stepping off a curb um mm. and but to me at that age that's superhero stuff. Yeah. Um, even now, I don't know a gymnast that's going to drop 15 feet and their knees barely bend. It landed like this is what it does all day long, and it could have probably done it from 50 feet. Yeah. Um, like it was no big deal. Um, so when its knees barely bent, and I looked up at it, um, and it, it, if you guys ever seen Planet of the Apes with Mark Wahlberg? Yeah. And well, the one here, the one main ape, Caesar. This thing looked very much like Caesar. It was black. Its face was uh, a, a medium charcoal gray. Uh, it had bubbled lip. The, the lips bubbled out like a chimp, but that was the only thing that looked chimpish about it. Hmm. But it's as it got closer to this part of its face, it freckled into our flesh color. Um, gotcha. you, know, it, you know, if that makes any sense, um, yeah, yeah, you know, oh, yeah, it was charcoal gray and then it freckled into our color right through here. Wow. Um, we looked up at it. I'm just, I'm, I looked up at it 
And when I made con eye contact, its eyes got really big. Like the only expression that changed on its face was it's, it didn't make a growl. It didn't make a noise. It didn't grit its teeth or move its mouth. Its eyes, when I, when I made eye contact, its eyes got big, like, oh, crap. Um, and that's when I seen the whites of its eyes. It had brown eyes. Most of it was pupil, but it had brown eyes. But when it was like, oh, crap, you know, eyes open, you could see the whites. Instantly, we turned around and ran back towards a trailer. And the, the thing that I always say is that was the day that I realized if I was going to survive in this family, I needed to be a faster runner because <laughs> my oldest brother, um, he smoked us. He beat us back. And um, as I was running back, um, I glanced over my shoulder and it was following us. It wasn't running. It wasn't speed walking. It wasn't hopping. It was just it was just, it was just walking and it stopped dead in its tracks when I glanced back as I was running. And then we got back and when me and my brother uh, got back, my oldest brother had already, he locked the door. He locked us out. Um, and outside the, the, when you're looking at the back steps, which are made out of cinder blocks to the left of it, right up against it, there was this old freezer chest that had like this, I don't know, some kind of plexiglass type of top on it that you could see through but it was like an old windshield it was hazed over you know you you really could you, at one time you could see through it but not now you know it was kind of hazy and yeah. my, my brother was like he opened it put me in it and we and got in it and shut it um and we couldn't think of anything else to do you know um and pretty quick thinking yeah man yeah so um we got in and i'm I know I'm freaking out. I remember my brother holding his hand over my mouth. Um, I remember it being hotty, hot in there and musty and smelling really, really bad in this old freezer chest. Um, and this thing walked up to the freezer chest and it looked over the freezer chest and we could see its silhouette looking in at us, just standing over the top of us. And it huffed like a, like a horse, you know, when they just let out a lot of air. And it just kind of huffed. That's all it did. And then it walked away um, and it seemed like forever, but it, you know, probably a couple minutes or whatever. And it was just really, really hot in that thing. And my brother busted open the top. And that's when my other, my other brother unlocked the door. It was like, it's gone, get in, get in, it's gone. And we, you know, climbed up and got in. And that was, uh, that was my introduction to there really are monsters in the wood or the hairy man. Uh, again, like I said, um, my introduction to it was it almost landed on me. Um, but, you know, and, and these woods are haunted when they uh, did the filming and the interviewing and stuff. They asked me certain things and I couldn't give them answers. You know, they asked me one thing like, well, what did you say to your brother when you guys got inside? I'm like, I can't tell you any conversation that we had. I imagine it was something like, how could you leave us out there? You know, and yeah. uh, well, that's what they went with. That they, they went with that dialogue and they put it out there. And when people watch that episode, they ate my older brother alive because my, the guy that played my older brother looked like he was 19 or 20. The guy that played my middle brother looked like he was 16 or 17. And, and the kid that played me looked like he was about 12. Uh -huh. In reality, the kid that played me was about how old my older brother was. Oh, okay. So people yeah. really went went crazy at my brother. I was getting so many yeah. messages. Like, 
you don't even talk to him anymore. You, you tell me you don't talk to him anymore. <laughs> you know, it was, uh, it was, you know, it was, uh, but it, it, at 12 years old, there's no fight or flight. It's self-preservation, you know, right. um, there, there, there just isn't when something that you don't know exists and it's, it's a monster to you and you think it's coming to eat you. All you can think about is not getting eaten. Not if your little brother's getting eaten or your other little brother's getting eaten. Um, and so I don't hold any, any ill will or, or anything like that, because as an adult, you're looking back, self-preservation for a child is saving your own butt. Um, and, um, well, it was later that night. So when you go into that back door, shut it, turn to your right, reach out, and you can grab the door handle to our back door, back our bedroom. Um, so it was later that night. We are sitting in our bedroom. And so the back of the trailer, the way our bedroom was set up is uh, when you walk into the bedroom, there's a wall to your right, which is the back of the trailer. That's where the headboard was for our bed. And our footboard sat out in the middle of the room. And on the other side of the bed, it was about two or three feet from the wall where the window was. Well, back in the, back in the day, there was this toy gun that was called a ghost gun. That's what I remember it being called. And it was basically a flashlight gun. And you would take different caps off and it would shoot out different silhouettes of light. So a spider, a ghost, you know, the word boo, whatever, you know, and and for the life of me, I don't understand why, what we just went through, why we're sitting in the bedroom in the dark, um, but we're sitting in the dark and the game was somebody gets a turn with a flashlight and without the, nobody knowing where it's at except the person, shine the light on the wall and whoever sees it first screams and now, you know, and then they're the one that get, you know, just doing kid stuff. And they're the one now gets control of the gun. Um, well, I was pretty upset still about um, what was going on. And it became more of a game about scaring little brother Jimmy than it was anything else. Um, and I was insistent on wanting to turn the light on or open the bedroom door or something. And uh, they didn't really want to do that. But my oldest brother said, well, we'll just open the curtain and let some of the outside light come in. It's dark out, but you know, it's not, won't, it'll give some ambient light to the room or whatever. And after a few more times of doing the flashlight and scaring me and um, them having more fun seeing me traumatized, um, my older brother took that light. I'm sitting on this side of the bed closest to the window and he took that ghost gun light and went across the window. And when he went across the window, it went right across the face of this thing that was not like the other. Um, and this thing... Um, so it, it so it's uh just to be clear this is a different one absolutely absolutely okay. this one's a different one and the face on this thing looked like a very old elder native american really really old native american combined with the caveman um it looked like a, a kind of an, a grotesque giant native american and it's all of its face was like a just a, a really dirty charcoal gray all of it 100 percent of it you know mouth went straight across um and its hair was cinnamon color it had long cinnamon colored hair and all i could see of it in the window was from here to here and here it took up the entire window just that much outside inside of its shoulders up to a, right above its brow um and 
mid chest and it took up the entire window. But when that light went across its eyes, um, it did the same thing. It didn't change its facial expression with its mouth or teeth or lips or anything like that. Eyes got big. That's another thing. I'm three feet from this thing and just had a flashlight hit its eyes. There was no eye shine. Zero eye shine. Um, and its eyes got really big and it, oh, I could see the whites of its eyes. Well, I screamed and I jumped over the bed. I cleared the bed. As soon as my feet hit the ground, simultaneously, one of those cinder blocks was thrown through the back door, literally through the back door. And there were chunks of concrete. I could stick my adult thigh through the hole of that door. Um, and we were in pretty hysterically panic mode. And, you know, we had to kind of figure out what are we going to do about getting past this hole? Um, and so we all ran and, and jumped and, you know, I remember a black arm reaching in and trying to get us. And it took me a long time to understand that it wasn't the one at the window because the one at the window was cinnamon. Unless it had black arms. But it took me a split second to jump over that board. It would have had 20, 25 feet. It would have had to gone this way, make a right-hand turn, pick up a brick, and throw it through the door in that amount of time. Um, and the one at the, like I said, the one at the, the window was cinnamon color. Um, and when we ran back down the hall um, towards the kitchen, we moved the couch out away from the bar that was built into the cabinet. And we hid in between the couch and the bar so nothing could see us from any window. We all three crammed in this tight little space covered ourselves with a cushion. I think it was, um, I think it was a cushion or a pillow that was on the couch in front of us. And we just sat there uh, oh. and sat there. Jimmy, um, were there any adults home at the time or no? No, my mom and stepfather had been gone for two or three days. Okay. Wow. Um, and it was, you know, we, we, we waited there and my mom and stepfather, we heard the El Camino coming and we had, we heard it pull up. We heard, I, I left out, the, the kind of the family dirty laundry. My mother was a very, very abusive, very violent, um, very, uh, we were, we were punching bags at the very least for her. We were um, irrelevant. We were unimportant. We were in the way we, okay. we stopped her from having way more fun than she wanted to have. And so, uh, yeah, um, Man, I'm, so, I'm, I'm sorry to bring that up or ask. That well, question it's kind or, of, it, yeah. it, it's, it's, it's kind of, relevant to what happens next because okay. when, when they pull up and we hear the El Camino's uh, doors shut and we hear them coming up the steps, we knew we had to confront my mother about the torn up back door. We were now facing the real monster. Okay. Um, yeah. If that makes any sense, because if she thought that we did that, we may not, one of us may not have lived. There are many times that my cousins say, I don't know how you guys, even made it out of your childhood. I mean, we children, family services came to take us many times. Um, but, um, we had to now meet the monster at the door and, and convince them that there's, we didn't do that. One, there's no way we could have done that. Yeah. Um, but two, you know, so as they opened up the door, we bum rushed them and it's like the, the hairy man 
tried to grab us. It, 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 you know, it busted the back door and, you know, my, I didn't know at the time until then, uh, beforehand, but my stepfather never mentioned anything about the hairy man to my mom. So they got into a big knockout, knockdown, drag out fight. It was WWD, WWE in, in the kitchen. I mean, the fists were flying and everything. And when it was all said and done um, that night, after only living there for three weeks, we packed up all of our clothes and garbage bags, threw them back in the El Camino, and we left and went back to Illinois. Wow. So needless to say, for me, that was very traumatic because the very next school that we went to, um, well, we moved into another trailer park and it was a double wide. So we were, we, we moved up. So, um, and it was newer, but you know, behind us, there was a tree line 20, 15, 20 feet from our trailer at the most. And it terrified me that tree line, but this tree line wasn't a forest. It was just basically a property divider. It was like three trees deep. And then there's a, a bean field. Gotcha. Just a, there's a fence on the other side of it, barbed wire fence. It was nothing. Looking back, it was you could see through it. You know, it was there was three trees deep, a tree line. You know, you could see right through it and see the beans and everything. But to me, that's where the hairy man was. And for I don't know how many months I was looking out the back door, waiting for this thing to come and get me, waiting for this thing to snatch me up. And um, then at this library, I came across this book that I think it was called like monsters and mysteries or something like that. It had a Loch Ness monster on the cover of it, but in the middle in, inside it had Loch Ness, it had UFO, it had the Yeti, and then it had Bigfoot. And I uh, got in trouble by my mom um, because this thing was checked out all year long. And there were a, a bit of late fee dues from the library racked up because <laughs> I just, I could not, send it back and um she 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 paid the thing or whatever but it it just wasn't it wasn't a good thing to have a library book late for my mom uh but um you know all that stuff because my childhood wasn't great that event basically it got it just got locked away just got completely suppressed, locked away. And I knew I had the encounter. I knew all the details about it, but it, it didn't, I never even talked about it. You know, I have my little brother cause I have uh, two brothers and a sister with my mom on my mom's side, but we all have different dads. My father's side, I have a brother and a sister, but we have different moms. So I don't have a full brother, but I have uh, a full full brother or sister, full blood, but I have uh, three half brothers and two half sisters, but I, I never told my older sister or my little brother, my best friend of 30 years, bandmate, roommate, um, you know, uh, never told him. I, I mean, it was just, it was locked back there and I knew it was back there, but it was just something I never thought about. And then when we lived in Georgia, we lived in Georgia for two years in Marietta. Um, oh. Me and my son, Landon, we were watching uh, um, Finding Bigfoot. And there was an episode on where Matt Moneymaker was talking about something about the Uari National Forest in North Carolina. 
and somewhere else. And he used the word hairy man. And when he said hairy man, um, it was a trigger. And it, um, I almost got nauseous from this floodgate of overwhelming suppressed fear and trauma and anxiety that I hadn't felt since then. That, that hairy man word triggered everything. It completely just opened up a floodgate and I was messed up for a couple of days um, because I couldn't think about anything else. It brought everything back like I was sitting right there face to face with it at the window again. Um, so that consumed me. And, you know, in, the, in this Bigfoot subject, there's been a lot of maybe you guys have experienced it yourself. There's been some things that have came full circle many times. Um, but we went to, I, you know, if I'm, a, if I'm a billionaire, I'm going to go to Waffle House. I'm going to go to Denny's. These are my places. I love eating these places. Um, That's right. <laughs> um, but uh, we went to we went to Waffle House there. And um, um, I think it was off of Powder Springs Road in, in Marietta. And there was these little magazine stands where you can buy used cars or you can get homes or rent or boats or whatever. And on the front of this magazine was talking about a grand opening of a Bigfoot museum in Cherry Log, Georgia. And I looked at my wife and I said, try and stop me. <laughs> try and stop me from going there. She's like, because I never told my wife about my encounter until, oh. until I was watching with my son and I really got messed up by the trigger word, a hairy man that brought everything back. It brought everything back and I relive it just about every time I tell the story. Um, and so we made our way up to Cherry Log the very next week and I met Dave Cara and he's just an amazing dude, man. I love Dave and his wife. Um, you know, I've been to uh, um, Expedition Bigfoot Museum three or four times. And I'm amazed every single time I go. It's actually, it's something I recommend everybody to go. If you're in a Bigfoot community and you want to go somewhere awesome and see some stuff you'll never see anywhere else, you've got to go check out Expedition Bigfoot in Cherry Log, Georgia. Um, but I went there and I met Dave and I kind of, he was the first person besides my wife that I told. And, um, I, you know, I was, or I was, a, I was a falling to pieces, man. I was in tears and bawling when I was telling him and, uh, he was, um, so kind, um, helpful, you know, basically was, but how long ago, how long ago was that? Um, we moved here in 2017. It was the year that he his, uh, it was it was the year that his uh, museum opened. So I want to say 15 or okay. 16, something like that. Okay, sorry. No, you're good. Um, and um, yeah, he was so kind and you know helped me compose myself and all that stuff. And um, and then I get a call from him. I don't know, just a few weeks later asking me if uh hey i know i i know i know you're struggling you had pretty rough time getting through your encounter with me he's like but i'm about to open i'm about to do my very first town hall and look i i would absolutely love if if you would come to the town hall and tell your encounter i mean really people need to really hear this and I'm like yeah i mean absolutely i'll do it um it's, you know i don't know if i can make it through but i'll do the best i can type of thing and so um, I went to the town hall, did this very first town hall at the museum. And, 
um, he uh, had somebody reach out to him, a guy named um, Michael. Uh, he was, he's, ex- I'll, I'll, I'll think of it, but his name was Michael and he uh, was an executive producer for Terror in the Woods when it was on a different network. And he reached out to Dave and Dave was like, I got somebody. I got somebody. Um, and they, they called me because we had exchanged numbers. And he's like, I, and I know it's going to be hard. Uh, and I know hardly anybody knows your encounter. The word will know it. I don't, you know, you, um, but, you know, if you're looking to get it off your chest, this is one way to do it. And, you know, um, if not, you know, uh, you know, I still love you anyway, man, <laughs> you know, or whatever. And, and I was like, I'll try, <laughs> you know, it's just one of those things, you know, you don't know because when nobody knows um, my friends back home, didn't know my parents, my, my dad, cause uh, he, he had no idea. He, he, I still don't think he's seen me on TV, but he's heard about it. Um, you know, all my friends I grew up with, none of them, they had no idea about it. You know, what, what, what you hold in, uh, man, it can really, really eat at you. Um, and it was eating at me and it just felt like, how was your, uh, How's your brothers with everything? Have you talked to them since you went on the? Yeah. So I had talked to them prior, tried to have conversations with this, them about this several times prior. See, my stepfather, he tried to calm everybody down because everybody was so panicked and terrified. He tried to tell them that it was my ne- his nephew would have been my um, cousin by marriage. Um and well, Franklin was only a year older than me. Franklin, Franklin's not falling out of a tree 15 feet in a costume. And Franklin is not six feet tall. Franklin is not going to be able to be in an eight and a half, nine foot costume at our window. Like I said, at the top of the window, I didn't even get to see all of its head. It stopped right at the brow, his brow ridge. So I couldn't tell you if it had a, a, a and for all you head know, he was bent over. Right. I, and, and he's eight and a half foot. I say eight and a half to nine because eight and a half is, I think, the window's top, the top of the window. If he was standing straight up, you know, he was eight and a half. Um, and, and so what I try to explain to people about this topic, because I can tell people or, you know, or explain to people about things. But until you see this for yourself, if you're a believer or a knower, it's easier to change your reality. If you don't have any inkling that this thing even exists, it's just too hard to change your reality because once you change your reality, you have to question a lot of things and that's just too much for so many people. I think that's why this has been such a hard thing to get pushed to the general public. You now have to change your reality and maybe even your own religious beliefs once we figure out what this thing is and how long it's been here. And my brothers have stuck with, no, that was just Franklin. No, that was just Franklin. If that was just Franklin, why did we leave that night? Franklin, like I said in the beginning, my, my, my stepfather, he, li- he made a lane into the woods past his brother's house. So we had to pass a little Franklin's house. Why didn't they just go down there and whoop Franklin's ass and be done with it? Right. Why did we pack up all of our clothes and leave that night? without even stopping to give Franklin a peace of mind. Um, they stuck with that. They, and, and they would, they just, every time I would bring it up, it was not, it was Franklin. It was just, just it was just Franklin. Um, 
And to me, I, I just chalk that up as it's just, it's not something they want to believe. It's not something that they want to believe happened. Um, you know, not that this has anything to do with it, but by the time my brother, oldest brother was 15, um, he was in drugs and moved out. My other brother was in the drugs by 17 and he's been on drugs ever since both of them. Um, you know, but they're grown up now. Um, they've made their own decisions and how they live. And, you know, I love them both to death, you know, and, um, my brother Galen, he's an amazing father. He, I don't know how he does what he does. Um, you know, he just smokes weed. I've never smoked a cigarette in my life. I've never done drugs. I occasionally drink. I've never chewed, um, you know, being in a band and playing out and all that stuff. People find that stuff hard to believe, but, um, yeah, I had a little brother that looked up to me and did everything I did. And the last thing I wanted to see was him doing that stuff. So I just, I, I never got involved with that stuff. Um, but we live different lifestyles now. And I don't know if maybe, maybe that was their coping. Maybe it wasn't, maybe it's just a life they chose to live, but. Well, it would... sounds, I don't, you know, I don't know either any of y'all really personally, but it sounds like I've got a little bit of experience with, uh, not like yours, but, uh, let's just say parts of your childhood that you don't really want to go into, you know, yeah. um, I could, I could also see how just number one, having a parent do something like that and be that way is already hard enough. Yeah. And then you throw something that traumatic in the mix, you know, it may just be simply, they don't want to deal with one cause they've got to deal with the other. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's a, that's the a, now is reality. That's a the now is reality. Yeah. I mean, the now is, is reality. Go ahead. Sorry, John. Oh, I was just saying that's just a children to deal with in general. Yeah. I mean, just the regular, just the regular situation at home. And then you throw something like that in. I mean, that's, I mean, holy crap. Right. Monsters. Not or, and now it's reaching in the door, you know? I mean, yeah. that's, uh, dude, that's at, at 43, if that happened, I mean, there'd be guns involved, but I'm sure I would have wet underwear at the yeah. end of that, you know? I mean, that's, that's rough. Yeah. Well, for me, for, for me, it was, uh, it was one of those things that I just kind of left out and the full circle things. So, um, being connected with Dave was how I ended up getting on, uh, these woods are haunted. It used to be called terror in the woods. I was a big fan of the terror in the woods show. And in the Terror in the Woods show, in part of the intro, there's a part where the background music just kind of hones into this. And then there's just this one scream. Bah! And I almost got sick when I heard that scream. That is exactly what I heard as a kid. And I knew. I just knew. I'm like, somebody was there recording that scream because that's what we heard. And I knew there was no way in the world I was ever, ever going to find out how they got that stream. But then I had interviewed by them. They flew me up. I didn't get paid anything. They paid for my room and my board. They paid for my Uber um, and room service in this tiny, tiny hotel. You had to turn sideways to get in and out of the elevator. Um, if you're, if you've ever gone to Philadelphia and old, looks like the Rocky neighborhood where everything's just packed together. 
Um, and after I did the interview with them, I'm, it kicked in my head. I can ask them where they got this sound. How did you get that scream? And I asked them that. And I, it wasn't the answer I was wanting. And I was disappointed, but they were honest. But um, I'm like, look, this is exactly what I heard in the woods. This is what I'm telling you what I heard in the woods. And the guy that interviewed looked over to the sound engineer and said, you really should consider then using that if it's a part of the show in, our, in, in, this, in the intro in this episode. Well, they didn't. They used some other cheesy girl scream and they screamed like five or six times and there was only one scream. But I asked them, I'm like, look, I got to know. You, you got to tell me. How. I'm starting to get anxiety talking to you right now about what I'm about to ask you. How did you get that recording in the intro? And I had it on my phone and I played it. And he looked over to the sound guy and, and the sound guy was like, well, prior in the first season, we had several, several people describe sounds that they heard that sound like a woman being screamed that was uh, Bigfoot. And we could never come up with anything exact except for what we did was we ended up finding a coyote yelp. We stretched it out. We distorted it. We compressed it and then pitched it, changed the pitch a little bit. And they had to do so much to this coyote thing to get, Everybody else almost unanimously thumbs up. Yes, that's what I heard. So knowing that it was a, knowing that it was a coyote scream that they had to manipulate, which kind of goes hand in hand on people hearing these things when they hear coyotes. I've heard them uh, we've start got, off coyotes. Yeah. This we, I, the coyote thing, dude. I'm right there with you, man. We've got 100 percent every. Uh, the night we had the activity on the first night at the happy place, we ran coyote calls. We had a coyote call right before the activity. The night that I got the thermal out here on my. There was coyotes a connection between these things being around and coyotes. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Well, well, for me, I was disappointed that it wasn't really a Bigfoot, but it was the, the truth was there's a connection because the where I went into uh, another research that Carrie Arnold was uh, lived and died by Mark Zasky. Mark Zasky, uh, there was a research area that I would go out and I would go out by myself. And listen, I'm out there in a place that I'm absolutely terrified. Don't get me wrong. I'm out here by myself at two in the morning. Um, can't see anything. And I am absolutely scared to death. But for me, um, facing that fear and trying to have another an encounter as an adult hopefully will let me get past this i hate to say it this ptsd from my first encounter as a child hopefully i'll be able to experience something as an adult because as a child i didn't want to look at it. i looked away immediately I did not want to see what i just seen as an adult i want to be able to see one observe it you know um look at what i'm looking at and, and just take it in in detail um, that's why I kind of put myself out there when I'm by myself at night. Um, but I went out in this research area and I was talking to myself because it, when you're talking to yourself, it kind of gives you this false sense of calm, confidence, false sense of security. And for some stupid reason, I'm looking down this really dark trail. And I literally said, I'm going to look down this trail 
and I'm be quiet when I do, you know, because I was walking and making noise or whatever. And as soon as I finish that, I'd love to send this audio to you guys. As soon as I finish that um, uh, word, there were three howls way off in the distance. And they were like, ooh, ooh, ooh. And then that coyotes went nuts. They just went nuts. They started yipping. They were their their tone was different, completely different. It was like it set them off. And at the end, there was two two things that happened that I have a hard time believing was coyotes. Um, after the coyotes stopped, like within a second, there was like a wah, 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 wah. and then there was a wah, waka with the clear as day waka. Wah, waka. And it was just this wild man type of yell is what it basically sounded like. And people were like, oh, Carrie was like, dude, that is, that is some, what do you say? That was uh, his message on Messenger was that is some uh, Sierra sounding shit right there. Um, <laughs> it, it, it terrified me. I, uh, I was scared. Um, but, you know, had I not went out there, I would have never gotten that. Um, but the full circle part was... I knew in a million years I'd never be able to find out what that was. And I found out what that was, but it took them to manipulate a coyote's howl and yip to get close to what unanimously everybody from the first season that claimed that's what they heard, heard, which to me and with what I heard, I feel like in the areas that they're in, they're working with somehow Maybe the coyotes don't know it. I'm sure they don't know it, but somehow they're, and I don't want to, I don't want to assume, but it just was really weird. Maybe they were just making those howls to get the coyotes riled up to go find out where they are and eat them. You know, I, 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 I 100% agree, man. There is something, whether it's, I'm with you. I don't know what it is, whether it's cooperation, whether they're <clears throat> just sticking close because they want to eat them. Mm -hmm. maybe they're going to let the coyotes hunt and then they steal their food, whatever it is on numerous occasions, not only from our group, but other people that we've talked to, there is a connection between the Sasquatch and the coyotes. There's yeah. some type of, I don't know what it is, but uh, it's definitely playing. I mean, we've got activity from playing coyote calls. You know? Yeah. So there is a, uh, you know, I that's we've seen that firsthand. So I completely, completely. Yeah, well, we well we end, I end up starting a I end up uh, getting on this chat group that there's this group in Ocala. I won't mention the name because uh, you know the person was basically a hoaxer and con artist. But my buddy Bobby, who uh, you know was best friends and my bandmate, guitar player, um, and roommate for years, um, just best friend for 30 years. Uh, you know, he kind of went his separate ways back when we lived in Illinois and, um, we moved to Georgia and then we moved down here where it, the full circle thing is he went his way. You know, we both found ourselves in the same. Uh oh, oh boy. He, he you kinda... still there, Joe? I am. He kind of froze up there. So. Oh man, that was right in the middle of a good part. <laughs> I know that was a real of good course. part. <laughs> of course. Uh, it's all good. It. He'll come back. 
Yep. 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 Hey, uh, send him a message real quick that uh, he froze up, man. Well, that was honestly, good. I don't want to. Uh, oh. I don't want to touch anything on my end either. Oh, oh here he comes. Here he comes. Wow. That was. Uh, I've seen. <clears throat> I've seen his episode before. It's okay, pretty, I'm, I'm gonna crazy. have to. Wa- I'm gonna have to watch it tonight, man. And uh, it's pretty fascinating. We need to find I mean, out the uh, the call that he's talking about. Uh huh. I guess whatever terror in the woods. We definitely need to get that. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, like uh, like he was talking about his brother. Um, you know, being twelve, dude. I could totally see. My son, he's 11. I could totally see him doing that to, you know, like my nephew's over here all the time. He's a year younger. Mm. Like that, that age, number Mm. one, you don't have any testosterone yet. There is fight. Yeah. Especially when it comes to a, you know, a, a monster like that. All you have is flight and survival, you know? So that's, I guess that's kind of a, I guess that's kind of rough for his brothers, but, uh, dude, I couldn't imagine, you know, we, I've always talked about, I feel like not only lucky, but just blessed that for me, unlike a lot of y'all, including you, I I was slow and a noise and the finding stuff and the, throwing and then the this and then the growls and then seeing one and then later on seeing out out there at the happy place i knew what i was getting myself into um you know it was like living out here's like sasquatch boot camp you know Mm. i got a little bit of experience at a time but to get thrown in the deep end like that with these creatures that's why like there's a lot of people that do this that are interested um, and they just don't understand why my people don't talk about it or whatever. Yeah. Uh, he just sent me a message. Okay. Cause I said, yeah, uh, I don't see him in the, in the back, back room at all. He may need to back out, come back in, just re re-enter the, uh, come back in through the link again. Um, no, you know, uh, it's, it's very interesting about his, his story, uh, you know, is that, uh, you know, it's not just him, but man, two other, two brothers of his saw this thing, you know, and, uh, um, gosh, you know, and then hit, obviously Jimmy getting older and then taking his own boy. There he is. Hey, Jay. There he is. Not sure what happened. I lost you guys. I got full Wi-Fi signal. No, uh, nah, I don't know, man. So, it's all yeah, good, it's man. all good. I mean, <laughs> right, right when all you right, drop, we're like, oh man, dude, it's just a good spot. Got good. Yeah, <laughs> we're both we're both like this. Yeah. <laughs> and then, <laughs> boop, <he's gone>. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess you guys can fix that in the recording, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So what yeah, I was getting at was uh, not a big deal. Bobby and I, uh, we reconnected. We found ourselves in the same chat group of a, of a Bigfoot group. And um, we started doing some research in Ocala. 
National Forest. And in the, in the middle of Cal National Forest, there's a bombing range. I think it's like called Pine Crest or Pine Castle or something like that. There's a military bombing range. And we came across some stuff that is really tough to put out to the Bigfoot community because it's not your typical thing that you would find. Are you guys still there? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, and so we found ourselves south of the bombing range, about two and a half miles, and we were finding prints, 17-inch prints, um, 10 inches across the toes, 7 inches across the heels. Um, now, it's a pine forest with um, scrub oak and live oak in it, so needles, pine cones, shrub everywhere. You, you can't stomp a dent when it's wet. And we're finding these prints an inch and a quarter, inch and a half into the ground. Um, big boy. Yeah, we're, we're finding X's that are. Now, when we look at things in the woods, we understand, you know, we're in a hurricane um, activity place, you know, strong winds. You know, we look at all that stuff. So we see down trees, we see arches, we see X's. We look at them and we, we debunk them right away. But when you've got, you know, X's that are uh, trees that are this big around, as big around as a bat, and they're stabbed six, eight inches into the ground. They're, 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 they're stabbed. They're not growing out of the ground. They're stabbed. And you, we look up thinking, okay, is it potentially the top of a tree? No trees missing its tops. No trees missing. The, all the trees are about that big in that area. So there's no branches that are that big off the tree that's that big. Um, and so, you know, you pull them out and you look at them and, you know, they're stabbed in the ground. Um, and so we found these prints that led up to an X. Just walked up to an X to the right side of the X in front of it. It pivoted to its left, walked around the back of it. And it just kept going and the prince disappeared behind it. It walked through and there were things were broke off hip high everywhere. The trees were broke, just broke off hip high everywhere. And what we've experienced in this area that is was a hot, busy spot or an active spot because we found multiple 17 inch prints. We found 15 inch prints and we found 13 inch prints. And what, what we have noticed and what I have, the puzzles together so at first i always thought maybe these x's mean keep out you know because we're seeing these tree structures not hundreds and hundreds of yards into the woods we're seeing them 10 yards off of, of a, a trail okay you can see them walking down a trail you can look in the woods and see this stuff yeah now inside of all this destruction and all these trees that are broken off you know hip or, or waist high um and most of them are, are that big around, some a little bigger. And there's just trees laid everywhere. And inside these trees that are just laid and stacked everywhere, we've even had trees like there was like a tree here, tree here, tree here. One's woven in and out. You know, we've had somewhere like three are woven in and out of these trees. That's not natural. That's just not natural. Um, you know, a tree's not going to wobble as it's falling. Um, and it's just, no. Um, but w what I've come to determine is in all this area where there's all this destruction, there's also a ton of hog activity. The ground is just trash. Okay. Now if what I'm noticing and what I want to put together and what I want to throw this out to people that are in these type of environments 
if you see the hog activity and you see the structures, the X's or the arcs, and if you, you got to debunk these arcs first, you got to make sure this tree isn't growing to the sunlight. You got to make sure another tree hasn't fell down in the past and then held it down. And then that tree rotted away and it just continued to hold the arch. If you find an arch and it's got a Y stick stabbed into the ground, holding the end of it down, that's not natural. Um, at night, I don't care how good of a woodsman you are. I don't care if you're an Indian that's been doing this all your life. In the pitch black, every tree looks the same. Every tree looks the same. But if you've got night vision and you can see at night and you're nocturnal, all the trees look like this. And if you're hunting, you're not going to say, hey, you're running to that tree. What doesn't look like this is this. And all this debris that's laying around these X's on the ground, I believe, is obstacles that are slowing these hogs down in that area, making it easier for them to hunt. Because outside of this damage of the broken trees, we're not finding any hog activity. Yeah. It just, well, it just stops. It just stops in all of this debris. Um, hogs Jimmy? aren't climbing trees, and they're not breaking <laughs> trees off. It but so, so the print the print go ahead johnny go ahead out at the happy place you got the pipeline that runs down the middle on the right hand side and that tree line is where we found the beds uh what i call the nursery right there's very few bones over there we have found a few but not many we have not found any structures over there on the other side, it's super wet. Uh, it's got the same type of trees, got pine saplings everywhere, but it looks like a tornado went through there. And then at the beginning, when you come off one side of the road, I actually just put a video up today showing the exact same stuff. There is a map, me and Scott on the day of the sighting found a massive asterisk. Uh oh, both of y'all there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Okay. Anyway, massive asterisks. And I, you can ask them, I don't do structures. I, uh, unless it's just super obvious, I just leave because sticks fall in the woods. You know what I'm saying? That's what 99.9% .9 of it is. Absolutely. But, there is some stuff that sticks out and we found this asterisk that looked like it was perfectly built. And then <clears throat> it has the, uh, 10 point deer skull right next to it. And all that is exactly like the area you're describing. There is hog. And I think the hogs is another thing. It's like the coyotes. If you've got hogs, odds are you probably get these things too. Like, but just what you're describing, is exactly what that side of the happy place looks like minus the i found two asterisks out there that are super convincing but anyway i'm just backing up your theory there yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah well i mean you know i hate to say it even even humans you know we 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 do funneling tech techniques like that for hunting. So, uh, so Jimmy, so, you know, you know, um, 
and for the last many years i've worked in the outdoor hunting industry right you know and uh very very fortunate to work you know with uh some some you know awesome hosts and and stuff like that you know these are you know the sportsman channel outdoor channel and so when you were describing about uh um these um uh you know debris and, and purpose purposely set um you know limbs and, and logs there in the woods so there's there's a there's a boar hunting show that's filmed over in over in europe right you know and uh um and over there you know uh um how, how they do it, they they have a, pretty much create a huge v right um and they have uh you know it's pushers you know and they'll push these you know they'll, they'll, they'll jump these hogs out of their bedding areas and all that right. and yeah drive them down these down, down to this v and they'll 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 use you know blown down trees they'll set things out themselves you know uh you know these folks for the show and then they'll you know, then they'll have hunters on these elevated, um, you, you know, like pallet-sized shooting platforms, you yeah. know, or and, and whatnot, and you know, and and they're just blasting the hogs as they come by, right? Sure. I mean, pretty much. I mean, they're but, but these guys are down at the bottom of the V, right? I mean, because at this point now the hogs are all being funneled there, they're all getting chased there, and 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 you know, uh, you know, they're and they're just getting blasted. But that makes TV. That makes okay, whole you know the viewer, the get the guy at home, you know, watch it on TV. They're all like, oh my god, look at you know these big hogs and they're just getting, just getting uh, um, hunted, you know, um, and, and whatnot. Otherwise, you know, it, it'd be kind of a boring thing. You know, these guys just sitting there, you know. But um, as you described, you know, that it's a per perfect funneling technique. You know, people do it with deer, deer as well. You know, I mean during the summer months people go out there and they you know they'll they'll cut trees you know or it's called hinge cutting right hinge cutting. you know yep and, and and whatnot to either create bedding areas or you know creating a barrier where, where you know you're, you're making the deer turn and go in a direction that you want them to do you know yeah. and so um and i think scott you know uh john johnny when we were out at the happy place i mean he had his his theory too about some of those low-lying foxholes right that that we probably you know would say you know um would call them in the military you know that those were like hunting like you know like hunting uh you know um spots you know right. are, are they we don't know you know yeah. but uh uh you've been out there you and scott have been out there a lot of times and you know you guys have found a lot of a lot of skulls a lot of a lot of, a lot of deer remains you know so um yeah, and, and there's a lot of hogs Jimmy, there too. <laughs> Jimmy, what do you have any idea on um, in this area? Have you been able to decipher how many different individuals out there? Get any kind of idea on that based on there's at size? least a, there's at least a breeding population of three because, like I said, we found 15 inch, 17 inch, and 13. So when I was talking about this pathway of three of the of, of uh prince went up to this x i mean obviously that x meant something to it because it right. could have just walked right through it yeah it went around it and walked directly behind it and these prints disappeared these are the prints that it left oh man okay huh. that, so that's funny well guess what yeah. <laughs> i got those too <laughs> so we had a hard time 
dealing with this because we were like, what are we supposed to do with nobody's nobody's gonna believe this or this isn't what's this isn't the standard five toed you know we had to tell people so wow. if you look if you look at this i don't i'll, I'll do some different angles uh -huh. this big toe i mean it's just like yours or ours but here it is in my palm wow um jimmy i'm about to make your day man um the very first track i found out here around my property see this you right here yeah that looks like you casted my track the exact same thing man i've got the exact same stuff out here this was the very first cast that we that's pretty awesome this is the very first cast that we poured now the shape of this foot this right here is overflow right okay. here okay so this this much of this right here is overflow Right. But every one of the, the 13 inch, 15 inch, they're also three toed and they all have the same characteristic right here. But it's in this substrate that is that you can't stomp a dent in. We can't physically, even when it's wet, we can't stomp a dent in it because there's so much years and years of pine needles and sticks acting like some kind of fiber mesh to, to prevent it. Like from yeah. being sore, almost like uh, concrete with rebar in it. You know, there's stuff inside to yeah. make it stronger. So, when I tell you that when we find these X's that are stabbed into the ground, understand that we can't take our finger and push it to our first knuckle in this ground. Right. But what's stabbing these trees that are that big around in that ground and leaving 17 inch prints have got to have small backhoe power. Man. That's how. I mean, that's that's the only way I can describe that. Um, yeah. What's taking these trees and just snapping them? So, so and not and you know it it doesn't make it doesn't make much sense. Um, gosh. So, J Jimmy, real quick, um, have you ever met the other uh, another Florida researcher? Researcher. Um, her name is Marie Dumont. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, I remember she was a guest on, um, and her group her team they find and i guess it's like a geographic difference like in, in a part of florida has three toes and another part has four toes you know um yeah. and, and then so as soon as you picked up the three toe i'm i'm, I'm sitting there trying to remember i'm like okay where'd she say the three toes were they the north or the south uh well findings, i know that you know? Um, i know that um the guy david sheely who has the skunk yeah. ape museum you know okay. he, he's i guess he's got three-toed prints Okay. Um, but you know, see, so I I don't like a lot of old movies. I don't like black and whites. I don't, you know, I mean, yeah. and you know, stuff like that. So I never even seen the Boggy Creek Legend of Boggy Creek. I've never seen it. Um, but yeah, I reached out. To, I reached out to Dave Bacara <laughs> Expedition at Expedition Bigfoot. I'm like Dave, you know, I sh I showed it to him, and I'm like, look, uh, I I don't know what to do with this. I, th this th Bigfoot they don't have three toes, do they? He's like, what? how many toes do you think were in the boggy creek film jimmy and i'm like i don't know i've never seen it he was like what <laughs> but apparently the boggy creek monster was three-toed so um, in Arkansas, real, in Arkansas. real quick jimmy um that was a 17 inch print yeah so obviously that um 
and maybe this is a silly question does that correlate to a like a human foot size like a like a size like 20 like i don't a, know but I, okay. I wear a nine and i wear a nine and a half so okay. uh, can you still see this print yeah okay oh. <laughs> okay okay <laughs> yeah so I, I i was at um in california um about a month ago at the uh, ESPYs, and uh, there they had, uh, um, during the welcome reception, I met this uh, um, Purdue basketball player, and uh, he was the Big Ten basketball player of the year, named Zach Purdy, uh, huge, seven foot five, and a 20, size 20 shoe, and that thing is massive, I, I, I got a picture of him, and, and I remember looking at his feet, I'm like, I'm like, dude, how do you, like, uh, like who makes like basketball shoes like that big, you know? And uh, and uh, dude, that print you got is monster. And, and you're finding multiples, like a like a trail worth, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what what what's different about the human foot and the Sasquatch foot? Uh huh. So I wide. think that it's pretty much everybody knows it's it's so wide. Yeah, you can get somebody out there with a 17 inch foot, I'm sure, but yeah. their heel is not going to be seven inches across. I mean, this is my foot. Yeah. Up against, this is my nine and a half foot or my nine and a half inch up against the heel. Yeah. Crazy. Right. How? I, well, Jimmy, I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding, man. The, uh, the very first track that I got out here near my property that I took a picture of that track your cast looks like you casted my track. Oh yeah, what it looks like. Nice. That's how similar it is. I'm gonna have to send it to you because it was the. I can't remember now. I think it's the left foot, but I've found it two other times. Um. Uh, after that, one time in the creek, but uh, it's his left foot. I don't know what his right foot looks like, but for whatever reason, I keep finding the left foot. Now I assumed. Uh, back when I found it, that maybe it was uh, like a deformity or a birth defect, and maybe yeah. it was, maybe that's why I was finding that particular foot because he had problems with it. Then again, now after a couple of years doing this, I'm just not finding the other foot because it may just have three, just like you're finding. That's yeah. extreme. It's you know, it's very common. Uh, the three toes, the Actually, I've heard less of the four toes than I have the three toes. Three toes yeah. seem to be pretty common. Well, but we that's had to. Pretty, that, that's huge, man. Wow. We had to. We had to explain that the, the way me and Bobby explained this to people was like, we can't. We didn't see what made this. We can't say Bigfoot did this. Um, so right. what we would tell people was, we're not saying that this is a Bigfoot footprint. Uh, there's. We're not saying that there's a three toe Bigfoot out there running around with seventeen inch prints feet. What we're saying, there's something out there with big feet that has three toes, leaving 17-inch prints right. and 15-inch prints and 13-inch prints. Well, if it's uh, – God forbid it was an alligator that big. No. <laughs> nope. <laughs> no. Y'all got um, in trouble. <laughs> yeah, so we uh, – <laughs> what we've also noticed, too, is maybe you guys can can – I don't know, down here, maybe it's just specific to down here, but maybe it's not. Now, you guys ever go any wildlife management areas? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so, that's, so that's check it out. So, my property. 
Okay, so I live in a gated community. Okay, um, here, you know, I'm a, I'm in my back lanai. You know, we have neighbors. There are more lizards in our neighborhood than in the wild. We, I've in some of our research areas, I've never seen a lizard. I've never seen a squirrel. I've never seen a rabbit. Places where it's a wildlife management area and you don't see any wildlife whatsoever, none. That doesn't make any sense. When you go somewhere, like when we would go to uh, one of the research areas for 168 or the, uh -oh, or the Ocala National Forest um, during hunting season, we'll be out there all day. There's 100 hunters out there. Not a single gunshot. Hmm. Not a single wow. gunshot. Not a single rabbit. Not a single squirrel. Not you would think that if any place, because Florida, the, the the lizards are like roaches around here. They're oh, everywhere. Yeah. Um, you would think in the in the forests and in the swamps, they'd be just littered with them. You couldn't walk without it. No, you can't find one. That doesn't make any sense. Now, is this one specific wildlife management area you're going everywhere, to? It's everywhere I've ever been. Huh. Everywhere I've ever been. I haven't noticed that in particular. I know uh, snake-wise, I've never come across a snake in the management area, but I've come across a couple of I haven't, I haven't come across a poisonous. Froze him up. <laughs> He's froze again. And only What now? I said you were frozen again. Uh oh. Yeah, you're good now. Yeah, that's weird, man. It would make sense, though, you know. Yeah, you know, so I've come across, me and Bobby have come across a uh, cottonmouth once. I've seen a uh, black racer once or twice. But I've been out a lot in a place right. where people say, be careful because of the, the snakes. There's just nowhere to be found. There's just nowhere to be. You you have to go looking for them, and it's probably going to be easier to find a Bigfoot than a snake. Um, and you would think that in the wild they'd be everywhere. Just um, it doesn't make sense. You know, in a place that's a wildlife management area, are they killing everything? Yeah. Um, so I would imagine it would depend on their ability to be able to. I guess move from one area to another. If there's not really much of a spot that they can get out of or whatever, I guess they would probably eat the place dry. You know? Yeah. I mean, so I would imagine these areas are massive. So I don't know what the odds of that are. Yeah. I try to uh, explain to people because it's just my theory, but it makes sense. So a lot of people would think that, well, you're going to have to go miles and miles and miles back in the woods and the deep mountains and the deep swamps to find these things. Um, and I have to try to explain to them my theory of why that is the complete opposite is because they've been here around a lot longer than we have. If they go way miles out in the boonie and as much as we're tearing stuff down and we encroach on them and now they have nowhere to go, that doesn't make any sense. That's not how they survive this long. What makes sense to me is they're just in that tree line watching us. They need to know where we are 100% of the time so they know where they can go 100% of the time. And that's watching us inside the tree lines where they can see us and we can't see them. Um, right. That's why I think that's why we had the little subtitle, Bigfoot Forest Giants, 
uh, on the edge of civilization. Um, because yeah. miles and miles back, we're tearing the, we're tearing the woods down as fa faster than it's growing. Um, you know, and I try to explain to people that these things have been here a long, every Native American tribe in the United States and Canada has a name for them. And they yeah. call them a people, not yeah. an ape. Um, you know, the, if, if you guys, who's got their cell phone with them right now? Everyone. Everyone. So one of you guys do this for me right now. Get on your cell phone and Google search lower Sewanee hunting regulations. You can oh, say I've it. Seen, you, I've seen you, that. Right. So <laughs> I remember that one. It's been soft released already. But here's the thing. Yeah. In, in, in Florida, as far as I know, hunting hogs doesn't change. 24-7, all year long, you can kill these things. So in the hog section, on the hog regulations, where any hunter that knows not to look at it because it doesn't change, why pay attention to it? Um, they're a nuisance animal. In the hog section, the last line in the hog section says there are no taking of swamp or skunk apes. Yeah. On a government site. It's a government site. Not some Joe Schmo smite, Joe Schmo site. It's a government site. <laughs> that is, man. There is no taking of, of swamp. Or skunk apes, man, right there. Specific hunting regs, yeah. And that's on uh, fws.gov. Yeah. <laughs> so, 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 so you got to remember this. you got to remember this. When it comes to guns and hunting, the government doesn't piss around. Yeah. There's specific regulations, and they're not going to joke with you about this. Yep. Other people are like, oh, they're just joking. They don't joke about things when it comes to guns, period. Cross the board. Um. Now, the Ohio Department of Natural Resources has a five-part podcast on Bigfoot in Ohio. Have you guys seen that? No. Oh, yeah. Ohio Department oh, yeah. of Natural Resources. They are the FWC, or they are the fish and game um, of Ohio. That's, it's funny because I'm setting up a, 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 a fall deer hunt, well, veterans deer hunt in Lima, Ohio. And uh, so last week I was on the phone with uh, – their uh dnr or you know yeah. guy that that heads us up and all that so and now that you bring that up jimmy i'm gonna ask him i'm like hey we're sitting in the blind and uh ohio what do they call them up there Grassman. Grassman. <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. you know <laughs> i'm gonna ask him what the regs are <laughs> man that's just uh but you, you know so going back just uh a few minutes ago um you know you're talking about the forest people and whatnot you know and so how i my background, how I met uh, uh, Johnny, was reaching out to him after um, I observed one um, on a military fire range. You know, so if you're familiar with the most military installations are huge, <laughs> tens, hundreds, thousand acre tracts of land, right? You know, big bases. You know, so here in Georgia, we have we have multiple big bases, hundred thousand acres. You know, in size, and most of your your Firing ranges are, you know, set off um, on, on the end of the, the base where, you know, obviously um, you don't have the housing and all that. You know, it, it's made for training, right? Yeah. And uh, um, most of your firing ranges, you, uh, it's kind of like a pie grid, you know, and uh, all the shooting, all the bullets are shot towards the middle, toward, you know, towards the center. Yeah. Um, and that's called the impact area. And uh, uh, no one, you know, that's like the, the no one's allowed to go in there, especially... Uh, especially when there's live fire going on, you know? Um, so when I saw 
you know, what I, you know, the, the creature, the thing that I saw was actually walking, you know, on the backside of a, a, a berm, you know, we had some shooters who were shooting and, you know, this thing did not act like a human that was having bullets shot in its direction, right? Um, it, it was just moving from right to left, moving with a purpose. It was, uh, you know, wasn't a lost soldier. You know, we, 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 we determined that because we were the only range in use that day. Um, and when those things happen, there's a lot of safety protocols, right? There's, uh, you know, there's, there's a, a division that actually handles everything that ha happens in the, fi in the firing range, right? So, um, you know, there's no one out there like doing, you know, timber cruising, no one out there doing tree maintenance and stuff like that, you know, um, and always in the back of my mind, I would say, man, if there's a place that you want to hide and never be seen or caught, right, an impact area on a base like that is perfect because, yeah, no one, no one goes in there. It does not get messed with, you know, maybe one time a year that, you know, um, you know, the, uh, the base, you know, the, the timber company will go in there, like, just make sure that the, uh, the fire break roads are clear. You know, they may do a controlled burn every now and then, you know, um, and lo and behold, maybe one weekend out of the year, uh, they open it up for um, uh, trophy hunting, you know, on base, right? And uh, um, because, man, that's that's where all the big bucks grow, right? or at least around here, right? Because, yeah. man, they're protected. No one's out there messing with them, you know, and uh, so... Kind of goes back to what you were saying, man. You know, like, man, these things are close enough, but yet far enough, you know. Uh, I had to, somebody once, Captain Joe, yeah. I had somebody once explain it to me like this, and it makes 100% sense because I don't know how many instances you have heard about these things approaching somebody in the dark, and then when you advance, they move and stop. Yeah. And when you advance, they move and stop. Move. So it's a yep. lot like this is you and yep. this is them when you move they move and they keep that same distance no matter which direction you're going they they know where you are at all times and that's why i think that they're watching you from the tree lines before you even know where they are and when they as you approach the tree line they're keeping that distance and they're just taking themselves farther back inside the, in the woods um because most of the time you get the reports, they're not coming back out in the open, you know, if you're coming towards them or whatnot, yeah. um, you know, unless, you know, you theorize that they've got a young one or something and then they might get aggressive or something. But, mm. um, you know, the whole thing with the, the structures and uh, we, we debunk everything we can do. We, you know, anytime we see an X, we look up, you know, because we have seen tops of trees missing and there's something stabbed in the ground that makes sense where, you know, it came straight down or it fell down or whatever, but with no trees or missing their tops, we have found, we have found um, live oak limbs in pine forests. And the nearest live oak limb is a hundred yards away. And their nearest yeah. live oak is a hundred yards away. Yeah. You know, something grabbed this hundred pound limb and drug it to where it's at. Um, there's, there's something to the structures, you know, people have said we need to move on past the prints and we need to move on past the structures. 
And I think that is a terrible, terrible idea. And I think that because of this statement I'm about to say, if somebody brand new is watching this episode, okay, for the very first time, now they want to go out and they want to try to be a researcher. And they might not, they might see a structure and because they were told, don't think, don't move past it. Don't leave Don't even just discount it. Don't even look at the ground for prints. Okay. Well, first off, that's, this is how you know they're in the area. If yeah, this is all they're leaving us, <laughs> if this is all they're leaving us, this is what you got to for evidence. This is what you got for examining. This is what you have got to see. Okay, the the pathway is going that way. It led to an X. It went around the X, and the path disappeared. It was going that direction. Why were these other trees broke down? But that X wasn't broke down. It means something to them. Um, moving past the basic stuff and getting past that to me. You can. It's if it's all they leave, you got to go with what. It's like if it's a, if it's a detective, the only crimes, the only evidence they had was a fingerprint on the window. And they're not going to go. We got to move past the fingerprints. We need a gun. Well, the fingerprint can tell you who did it. Yeah. This can tell you that this was not a human. Yeah. Unbelievable. Well, I. I, I agree with you. I've heard, and usually what it comes from is researchers that have been, just been doing it for a very long, long time. And they, or usually not researchers at all. They've, they've and they, they've seen the things, they've seen over and over again. You're saying when we go and try to find a new area, yeah. If we just discard structures or the prints, how in the world am I supposed to know whether it's they're just passing through or this is an area where they actually hang out in? Yeah. And you can get, you can pick up patterns. Yeah. Along, right? Well, on, on these older tracks over here. Well, you know, they've been there for, they've been in the area. They came through that area at least twice in two weeks. I mean, there's no reason. And I've heard too, that the only, the only thing worth doing now is to get a body. Well, guess what? There's no reason to, we can't even get a picture. Buy video yet. No one has accomplished long-term <laughs> observation. Yeah, yeah. man. The, the, There's the Russians can't. Of them out there. So yeah. my, what I would think was how about we get what we can get while we're take everything. There's no reason to throw pieces of evidence away yeah. or yeah. to discount stuff. It all, to me, eventually one day, hopefully, we get a video Hey, I get it on my own property, like a thermal video. Yeah. I want to be able to say, hey, look, this is why I even started looking for this thing. This is what I found here on this day. This is a vocal I got over here. This is this. And now here's the video of this creature. So now you have evidence, all kinds of different pieces of evidence to prove the existence, not just a sighting. Yeah, the existence of a creature in an area. So I, I wouldn't agree with you though. But uh, Jimmy, we are we're on about an hour and a half. 
uh, we need to have you back, man, and do a part two. No, cool. definitely. I, I've got, so I've, I got you, uh, I've got other things that have happened to me. So I'm, I'm a singer-songwriter, and oh. in 2019, one of my songs was nominated by the Josie Music Awards, which is held up in, um, uh, oh gosh, uh, Gatlinburg um, uh, by Dollywood. And one of my songs was nominated, so I went up there um, to go to the award show, and um, I pulled off of 40 onto... Um, the Smoky, uh, Smoky Mountains, uh, what's it called? Parkway or something like that? Yes, uh, at the Smoky Mountain. It's a, yeah, it's, it's, they have overlooks. They're like scenic oh. spots you can look off, you know, gotcha. look off in the valley and whatnot. And so it's the Smoky Hill, Smoky Mountain um, Parkway or something like that. Um, yeah. And as I t- pulled off a of 40 and I hit the very first, um, um, and I started heading west, I hit the very first um, overlook and as I was driving up to it, I'm like, man, this is pretty squatchy looking place. Maybe I should do one of them stupid moneymaker calls, you know, and I'd never done any kind of call or anything. Um, so I got out of my truck, just yelled out to the valley, you know, wanting to hear my, an echo. So I just did some kind of, I'm a, I was an 80s singer, so I have a pretty good range and power. Oh, yeah. Okay. And, um, so I just did this <laughs> yell. And it just went way out there and it never returned. And I was said in my head, you dumbass, you're not going to get an echo. And, and as soon as I said that in my head, behind me, I got roared at. Like oh. it, it, sound, it sounded like a 20 foot giant humanoid. It was just, but, and it had two different tones. There was a low tone and a mid tone. And it was like a, ah, but it came from behind me <laughs> and then it scared the mess out of me. Um, so, <laughs> we can talk about that because yes. um, something that happened the next time, because when some, when that happened um, and the things I experienced when I went up to try to investigate, because I knew I only had one opportunity, um, there were signs of things that told me this wasn't a, just a passing through thing. This is a residence 100%. Right. And so it ate at me for a month. I, I drove 12 and a half hours back a month later because I knew what I knew. I knew what I seen. I knew what I experienced. And these clues showed me that this isn't a passing through thing. This is a residence thing. And I went back and this time when I went back, I parked in the same spot. I did, did the same call, but this time I did the call at the, at the, at the hillside, the mountain and I had my phone on record. And when I did the yell, I got whooped at and I got grunted at back on recording um, in the exact same spot. Really? Yeah. In the exact same spot. Overlook right, number we're four. We're going to have to get those. And- yes. So um, the yeah, whoop wasn't like a, those recordings from you. And- the whoop wasn't like uh, what you hear most people ex- exp- uh, describe of going low to high. Whoop. It was a high to low. It was a whoop. Uh, and then a whoop. Yeah. Um, and so, um, yes, what, hap- what happened there, what happened there when I went back is uh, something that makes me cry, scared, anxiety, tears every time I tell it because I can't explain it. Um, I can't explain how things perceived Oh yeah, don't because, don't don't give it away. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I know oh, that, yes. and I know that it's one of those it's one of those things that, um, 
when I talk about it, it it's it's too hard it's too hard to wrap my mind around because a lot of it involves my mind. Um, um, meaning something happened there quickly. Just, I said, so I will say this and then we'll stop it there. After I got that on recording. Okay. I'm getting in goosebumps right now. <laughs> After I stopped that recording, my truck is parked parallel to the sidewalk. You take two steps off the sidewalk, you're going to fall two or 300 feet. There's no railing or anything, okay? Okay. So I'm parallel parked this way. The mountain's that way. Um, all I had to do was walk 80 feet, and I'm at the bottom of the, the hill to go up. My door is open. My truck is still running. My feet are facing out of the truck, and I'm putting on my hiking boots. And in my mind... In my mind, I said, I just drove 12 and a half fucking hours. There's nothing that's going to stop me from crossing this road. I said that up here. I thought that up here. And something happened up there. And I never fucking crossed the road. Oh, shit. Oh, dude. This and is I'm sorry. This is I'm, awesome sorry. I, I'm sorry. I don't under. Again, this is something that is hard to wrap your head around when you say something up here and something responds to what you said in here. Mm. Wow. Wow. That's... Dude, I don't, I, <clears throat> so what are you guys doing next Friday? Yeah. Yeah. I think, okay. We got to do part two, <laughs> man. Cause this um, is the, this phenomenal uh, man. Or, or whenever you're available, Jimmy. Yeah. I mean, hey, so what's the name of the band that you you play? Do you still play with the band? Or, or, um, well, or, back in the day when I was doing the '80s stuff, so I grew up in the '80s, and you know, yeah, I, me too. Um, you know, my oldest. So um, when Sebat when Skid Row hit the world, yeah, scene, yeah, Sebastian and they Bach. debuted. They debuted with their Youth Gone Wild album. Yeah, I was carrying a six string guitar on my back, but that only had three strings. I pawned it that day for a microphone, and that shaped the next twenty five years of my life. Oh. Um, so I grew up and got singing Skid Row and Motley Crue and Steelheart was my bread and butter. That was my range. That was okay. what I was good at. Um, but uh, the last band that I was in prior to doing what I'm doing now was a Poison tribute band. And I was the Brett Michaels. Oh, dude. And oh, okay. we, were, we were crushing it. We were called Fallen Angel because that was one of their big songs. Yeah, yeah I remember that. Um, but now um, I had I got I had an illness that caused me to have an infection in my entire body i had two mastoid surgeries as your mastoids that big knot bone behind your ear yeah they had to route it out and because i had a full body infection so um it killed my voice my hair started falling out so the two things i loved about myself was my voice and my hair um were gone so i kind of switched genres and started writing and recording country songs oh, um, right on. and um and most of them have meaning, you know, um, yeah. I wasn't a big, I hated country. Honestly, when it went, when the eighties, I hated country, you know, Garth Brooks's thunder rolls. It had thunder and lightning in the video. And I'm like, well, that's kind of rock and roll, but yeah. the rest yeah. of it, I didn't <laughs> like, you know, um, but then as it progressed and country kind of changed, not necessarily to pop, but being a singer and a songwriter, yeah. some of the groups like, um, oh gosh, rascal flats, yeah. great vocals. 
yeah. great songwriting, great music. Yeah. Um, you know, Jason Aldean, she's country, Brantley Gilbert, you know, uh, yeah. These kind of songs, uh, now Luke Combs, these kind of the, yeah. the, the rockin' tunes yeah. Yeah, is kind yeah. of what, what I'm what I'm going, you yeah, know. I met, I met, Brent, met Brantley. Um, yeah, he and I, we share the same gunsmith here in uh, in Jefferson, Georgia, you know, so. Uh, well, the, yeah, guys he, that, the guys that cut his first demo uh-huh. or recording to produce to the record labels are the same ones that do my music. They're actually out of Covington, Georgia. Okay, Covington. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, they're they're called Tune Designer. You can find them on Facebook. John nice. Johnson. Um, okay. They're, they're called Tune Designers. It's really quick if anybody's into music and you're looking for yeah. a way to record your own song. These guys will play the music that you want. You can collaborate with them. You can sing your vocals, send them through them through Dropbox or We or whatever. They will mix and master and send you back something that is almost better than radio quality. You wow. keep all the rights to the music. They don't want none of it for 450 wow. bucks. Are you kidding wow. me? You really? can't drum set up in a studio for no. that amount. <laughs> no, you no. get to the rights to all that music and they mix and master it for you. That's pretty cool. They are oh, well, amazing. I'm done. I'm done with Sasquatch stuff then. I'm about to go be a uh, recording artist. Nirvana. Sorry, they guys. Are, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> they are amazing. Uh, tune designers, what they're called. Um, but, um, you know, out of the songs that I've done with them, I've had four of them nominated for awards. Um, one of them were, won the one, one of them full throttle won a world songwriting award about a year and a half ago. Man. Uh, oh, that's um, awesome. But the problem with it is, is I can't get anybody to, nobody, band people, most people I come in contact want to want to do do it as a hobby. Gotcha. Spend right. four hours doing it, making four hundred bucks between the three of them, four of them, five of them. Yeah. Um, nobody wants to get serious and maybe try to be an opening band for a headliner and get your feet in the in the industry, and then maybe become a headliner. And that's kind of what I would like to do, but I can't get anybody to bite. Um, it's kind of like getting people to go out in the field with you. Yeah, you got to have the right group of people with the same mindset. Um, but yeah, the problem is, they nobody wants to be in a Jimmy Bar band. To sell my house and my wife's people. Right, right. You know, they, they you know people want to be in a band band type of thing. But you know, if I'm right in recording everything, um, uh, you know, I, I just don't want to give what I've done to other people, give credit to other people, something that I've spent all this time doing. Yeah. Right. You know, if that makes any sense. Like you guys don't want to give any of your stuff away to everybody else. Um, because you put all that work into it. 100% type of thing. Right. Um, yeah, I imagined, uh, the, uh, from what I have seen, I have no experience with it at all, but the whole music thing in general, when it comes to, uh, rights and, you know, the internet, good God, I don't even know how anybody, yeah. I mean, because you can basically go on YouTube and rip just songs, anything yeah. you want, you know. And it's so uh, anyway, neither here nor there, fellas. I gotta go. I gotta right uh, go no. inside and and eat dinner. Gotcha. And All right. my daughter has uh, practice coming up here. We gotta leave in thirty-seven minutes. So okay. I gotta. <laughs> no. Well, then, you but know what? Jimmy, seriously, man. Uh, Give as us soon some, as we get off, look at your schedule, and we yes. can have you back on. So you can no, definitely. especially and then, start with this, the uh, story you kind of went into. And, yeah. Uh, 
And we got your Which, we we got your video, but man, I I'd like to also share, uh, you know, your your audio that you you were talking about on on the next on the next uh, next episode, man. This is exciting. The uh, 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 do you know what I'm saying? Hey, hey, plug your uh, plug your channel. Yes. Oh, um, we're uh, we're Bigfoot Force Giants on uh, Facebook. Um, like I said, Richard has the, uh, BFFG on YouTube. You know, we're, we're trying to get up to a thousand subs just so we can go live in the field. Um, it's a lot more fun to be live and involve people or whatever, and let people see what we see in real time. Um, uh, yeah, my, my, the guys in the group, it's me and Bobby White were the two original ones that started it. And then we brought Mike Velez on. Mike was a part of the 168 that happened the very first time. Okay. He, uh, Carrie had just asked him to come on out because he lived really close. And then I kind of, you know, uh, noticed that too, not too many people were reaching out to him while he was there. And I was like, dude, come with us, you know, come, you know, come walk with us and stuff or whatnot. And so Mike's super funny guy, great guy. And then um, Richard was uh, kind of uh, behind the scenes, you know, uh, chatting with uh, Carrie and whatnot and um, wanted to get together and do something with us. And then we got together with Rich and he was a good dude. And we just brought him aboard and said, just, dude, come on, let's make, you know, come on and be a, be a part of the team type of thing. Um, yeah. Um, my uh, music's out there on iTunes and Amazon and all those other places. My daughter, she's autistic. Her name is Carly. And one day I was thinking about her at work and it, it inspired me to write a children's book, which oh. is stupid because my grammar's atrocious. But by the end of the day, I had finished that book. And um, the book is called Carly, the Princess Dragon. And my daughter's name is Carly. Okay. Um, oh, that's cool. And you, you can find that on Amazon at Barnes and Noble um, and whatnot. And it's just a little feel good story about a baby dragon and all the adventures she has on her very first day, you know, being hatched or whatever. Um, has nothing to do with autism, but um, she's just uh, this little girl is the love of my life. She's made me the strongest and the weakest in the same second. Um, nobody's done that to me. Uh, right. So, no. uh, great being here. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you. Jim. Yeah, man. Thank, Thank you for you. coming on. Yes, yeah, so uh, let's let's get to, let's get back together soon, man. I, I hey, man, I appreciate you coming on. It's like when Johnny got on earlier. He goes, I don't know much about Jimmy, you know, and blah blah blah, you know. He goes, uh, but I hear. You know, uh, through a lot of other researchers, he's a great guy. And sure enough, man, you're you're stand up, stand up, stand up guy. You Appreciate know, that, guys. Well, yeah. him, father, yeah. husband, yes. You could you could tell a lot about people uh, about who they run with. And I knew if uh, you know, and I honestly don't know Richard all that. You know, I just started getting to know yeah. him. But uh. Really, man. I mean, I'm not. I'm no one to judge. But the only thing that I even look for in in people is just honesty. That's it. You know? Yeah. And Richard, you know, he seems to be a really good guy. He's very honest and super motivated. You know. And I knew if you two were close, then uh, you yeah. would, you know, probably be about you know the same. So yeah, good to go. He's, Richard's and got the benefit have, of. Richard's got the benefit of living pretty close to the research area that he's been doing. Gotcha. Uh, I got to drive at least 40 minutes anywhere to be close to anything to be a research area. Yeah. So he's got a good spot. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Well, thank good you. Good go, fellas. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Jimmy. All right, man. Yep. Talk to you later, Jimmy. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, man.
Wow, man. His stuff is like phenomenal. Yeah, dude. That was uh pretty freaking awesome. That was way more than I thought. Wow. So good stuff. Yeah, yeah.